I mean, it's it's only like five seconds of this, but I mean, I may, I guess it makes sense if it, this is establishing Lady Vic, like this establishes Ra- Lady Vic, like. Uh, sorry, I had to stop real quick here. Um, uh, like I, I, the thing with this weird uh show is, I guess, because season three they got a budget. They're gonna throw it doing the James Gunn Gardens of the Galaxy get licensed to music to have it establish the characters, because Crane it's more hippie '60s psychedelic funk. Uh, it seems like for uh, the Titans in general, it's more eclectic, more '70s, a Eurobeat, Europop. Uh, it seems like for to establish Lady Vic. Uh, we're getting uh, the Buzzcocks uh, to probably establish, like, British. So here's a British rock band. Um, so all of the characters have their own little soundtrack. So it sounds like somebody, over the course of season two to season three, uh, spent a good chunk of time on Spotify trying to come up with people's playlists. Uh, I don't know if they listen to this, but I just want to know your playlist for, for some of these characters because I, I, I think it's really cool. Um, how you're there? They're interpreting the characters. I think it's in that, even though it's very annoying, because I it's one of those cases where it's it's a is licensed music better than just paying for a composer to have your own song, or is this like pay your composer to have your own song, but also use it at moments when it's necessary? In this case, yes, because you're driving off, you're gonna listen to some songs. So, what is the songs that Lady Vic would listen to? Uh, it, it makes sense. Um, I want to know the playlist though. I want to. I want to get. I want to go on the journey of what people assume like Dick Grayson listens to, because uh, it sounds to me like it's emo rock from the two thousands. Uh, it, it sounds like um, Starfire had a lot of seventies, almost like Motown. Uh, so it, it, it's fu- it's fun to play by ear the characters because I think that does tell a good story of these people which is i guess their inter which is a good thing for titans uh anyway um yeah so so ever fallen in love by buzzcocks plays she drives off to a poorly rendered cgi sign i can't stress this enough it's one of the most crappiest looking signs i've ever seen where it says like almost like ps3 graphics it says welcome to gotham and then on spray paint now go the fuck home and then we fade to black. I know what you're saying. Oh, this is the part where the theme song goes because Lady Vic drives in the Gotham. No, 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 no. We were going to Wayne Manor. We faded the black. Now we're fading to Wayne Manor. The cold open's not done yet. Blackfire. Yeah, we're doing two cold opens. Blackfire enters Wayne Manor with Starfire and Beast Boy and is told, don't touch anything. Beast Boy is questioning bringing her here, even though it was his idea to break Starfire out of the prison with Starfire. I, I still don't know why are we bringing her here. You fucking took her out of the fucking prison. You you were like, so you're just going to keep her here? You're just going to keep her here? Yeah, you're right. We should break her out of jail. But why are you bringing her here? Like, like fuck you, this logic, man. This is, the sh- this is the shit that frustrates the fuck out of me. Uh, Blackfire is eyeing Superboy. Hmm. Thinking he's a manservant. Then thinks Beast Boy is a servant, and again, explains nobody is a servant. Blackfire wants to know who to contact to build a map. Nobody. Starfire then drinks some bourbon and says, Folks, 
sleep with one eye open. And now we get the theme song. <laughs> Fuck life. Before we continue on, why couldn't you make this like the post-credits first scene before we go into this? It makes no sense. It, it makes sense to have Lady D enter Gotham, cut the theme song. This is the first thing we see. And now we cut to this this new introduction. We're six, out, six years ago, Gotham City. We go to a generic museum. Somebody breaks in. Dick Grayson, dressed as Robin, looks overhead. Masked up and gloved up. Maybe you think it's Catwoman, but who knows? The vase is taken. And then in a fight sequence with catching of a vase, Robin keeps trying to beat up the thief while holding the vase. Eventually, Robin asks, well, you're not running. It's revealed it's Barbara Gordon. I'm just doing a prank, bro. It's a way to keep my dad on my toes. And then they do a laugh. The alarm goes off, and they leave. Cut to bar as Barbara and Dick Grayson drink some beers and get some drunk. I think Dick Grayson now gets a Bostonian accent. He has a backwards cap. It looks really crappy. When you look at me, what do you see? All you see is Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And monologue about how Babs wants to do more. Uh, and this thing is just something to do. How about Batman, Robin, and Robin Girl? How about Batgirl? Wow, this is the origin story. Batgirl gets drunk, and yeah, that's it. Barbara Gordon gets drunk. I'm going to be Batgirl. (laughs) Fat chance. Robin Girl has a nice ring to it. Get it? Because they're a couple. This is the Dick Babs era of, which is, it was weird because it's like we're going Dick Babs, but we also had Dick and and Donna Troy, but we also had Dick with 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 Dove. It's and most of the time I'm looking at these stories, I'm like, Robin's an asshole. Why does anyone like this guy to be a, like a boyfriend to him? Clearly, if they know the guy, they would hate him. Oh, well. So so I guess what I have to do is be a nice guy to, to find love. I have to, like, fuck Tinder. What I got to do is just, like, punch a dude in the face and then go, hey, you look like somebody who wants to punch a dude in the face. Don't punch mine. Punch his. And then I guess that's how love works. All right. You guys work for my dad. You follow the rules. I like to break them. What do you say? Want to break some rules? And then they cut to maybe Wayne Manor or Barbara's hotel, uh, like apartment as they look at all the jewelry they might have stolen. What are you going to do with all this? Give it back. Then they wear the bad costume jewelry in the bed, and then they have a make-out session. Wowie zowie. Uh, I'll give it a 5 out of 10. In Foreman Execution, he takes off his shirt. It lasts roughly 40 seconds of... And then, oh, God, what did I do? He looks at his chest, and he sees a big stab rune in his shoulder right where he got shot. 
Cut to Gotham City, present day, 6.32 a.m. Dick is still shirtless and with a stab wound in the same spot. He goes, oh, ah, ooh, 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 and then gets out of bed. At the Batcave, Starfire stitches up Dick. If it was just a few inches away, he could have died. Dick explains it was one of Barbara's snipers. Now Starfire is going to fight Babs for Dick's love. Maybe. I don't know. It just... It just, it doesn't ever make sense. So Starfire and, and Robin a couple, what's what's the ship we're supposed to be like fa- falling in love with? Or is, is Robin just like supposed to be like, like that's the idea? Maybe maybe Dick Grayson is supposed to be, be a loner his whole life. I don't know. Anyway, Beast Boy then says it's too much bloodshed for one day. Starfire is upset because he left on his own. Grayson wanted to protect them by keeping them away. Beast Boy is noticing the people who end up, who leave, end up in trouble. Hawk got blown up. Don left forever. Jason went dark. This family's dying, and as he gets pissed, he starts turning green and changes his face to look like the crappy CGI tiger. It, you would, but this time it looks like really bad, like something you would see in Snapchat. So now we move on. Starfire wants to let them know about Blackfire, but Grayson ignores her because it's less about catching Scarecrow and Red Hood. Tell me later. Fuck, says Starfire. That's how you know you're in a good show. Fuck. Cut to the kitchen. A bubbling item is on fire. Superboy is picking up a pan of some hot marinara sauce i don't fucking know with his bare hands he pushes on a candle you know he's, he's super boy he can do it he has Blackfire for a knife Blackfire then explains didn't my sister tell you about how i'm dangerous uh pretty sure i could tell you uh star uh Blackfire throws a knife uh Superboy catches it with his hand nice throw cut to the science building that might be abandoned but who gives a shit let me now try and recreate the scene. Let's just put this shit out on the streets. Who the fuck cares if it's an imperfect case? Crane then goes, I care. And you should too. Remember, he's a shitty actor. <clears throat> he's a shitty uh, performing actor who was unprofessional and is, and now there's a, there's a lawsuit happening. That guy. I care. And you should too. Why? It works. I'm exhibit one. Exhibit A. Something submitted as primary evidence of a proposition or argument. I exhibit the fuck out of it, so let's step it up. There's a greater plan of work, Padawan learner. Oh, God. Mystery is to be revealed. There's no plan without my okay, and I say let's go and fuck up dick. I get you, but you know, you're excited to see what the next step is. But before that, I want you to come with me. There's something I want to show you that might shed some light on things. Ooh. Also, they have henchmen now, like seven henchmen in sciences. I don't I don't know how this is possible or the finances. They didn't explain that, but they really love to explain, like, how they came up with a fear toxin. Anyway, cut to the hospital. This is the part where Salvi, Regina, and Jessam... By uh, play, so we'll we'll just end up playing that right now. You're getting very sleepy. This is very sleepy. All right, so the music's playing. There's forceps, lots of forceps. You're seeing 
surgical gear, and forceps. Like they're on their way for surgery. There's a doctor hanging up an x-ray. Some glaring lights ready for surgery. And once again, more forceps. IV bags are being put up. The doctor's looking at some sort of 3D printer of some kind, a machine. A body is moved into a room. Jason and Crane look in a glass. Explains craniotomy and when in med school would watch what's going on. Explains a dynamic shift changed. And he blamed himself for not being transparent. About what? Exhibit B. Or, as a lesser man would say, Exhibit 2. So now there's some friction between the two. So, so this is some smart writing thing here somewhat. So now the lady shows up from the diner and kills the doctors with a katana, complete with the red blood paint on screen. Let me recreate. Let me recreate this. Five extras. Ah! Ooh! Ah! Ooh! She looks at the glass window and looks at Crane and leaves, taking her katana. You are expendable. Gotham is an open city now. He explains that she's a hired help, and if he's unhappy, there's more than enough people to take up the cause. Yeah, okay. Well, you do you, buddy. I'll just uh, get confused. Like, it's just, uh, I mean, I get it. So the scene is basically, here's Lady Vic k killing people, and... Here, here's Crane going, yeah, fuck you, Red Hood, you're not in charge. I am, I, I'm not a cuck, Jason Todd. You're the cuck. No, you're the, you're the, no, I'm in charge. I are this lady. Okay, cut to Manor. Starfire's washing dishes. Blackfire's confused why she's washing dishes. Starfire explains everybody washes dishes, laundry, cooks. Blackfire's confused because we are queens. Freedom means nothing if you choose to live like a servant. Starfire explains that they are her friends, no more knife throwing or hurting them, and if she does it, she's going to drop her back into the hose she found her in. Which, again, why? There's no point bringing her out here at all. Dick noticed Starfire. Didn't know we had Cass. Blackfire introduced herself. Dick knows it's the person that killed Corey's boyfriend and her parents. There was an attack at the Thomas and Martha Wayne Memorial Hospital. The surgical team was killed. Oh, no. Uh, and a drug inhaler was in the crime scene. And a part got stolen. Let's go. You just got shot. Bruce got shot all the time. Didn't stop him. Look how well that went. Guess I'll just have to be better. Blackfire then says, clearly the green one isn't your manservant. He's the one that satisfies your urges. You, you get it? Blackfire's trying to say that Starfire fucks, fucks Nightwing. Get it? Did you get the joke? Did you get the joke? They're fucking sex. sex. It was a sex joke. Dick Grayson says, oh, it's the Thomas and Martha Memorial Hospital because Thomas and Martha Wayne, Memorial, Bruce Wayne, donate, whatever. Uh, also... Uh, it you get all the exposition about the uh, apparently this is really important because if the crime scene has a part stolen and a drug inhaler was found at the crime scene, that means Dick Grayson already has info 
about the crime scene. This will play a role later in this episode because I'm reading this now and I just realized the next scene makes a fucking lick of difference now and makes no sense. Uh, so a drug inhaler is on the crime scene and a part got stolen. Uh, Dick Grayson wants to be better than Batman, so I gotta keep going. Otherwise, I'm not as good as Batman. The machine in question is called a shortwave positron multiplier, which is our MacGuffin for this episode, or maybe the whole season. If we don't get this positron, all the stuff will be bad. Anyway, this kid needed surgery. He needed the machine. Makes sense. Dick wonders if Gar is still mad. Corey points out, no, it's fear, because he's scared of losing him. And how most people would be scared of that. He's not like other people. Thank Bruce Wayne for that. And then Grant's just doing that for Jason. What's his plan with the machine? Obviously, it's not to save sick kids. So, uh, we'll, we'll take a break here. Uh, so, this is the Lady Vic episode. We, we haven't really talked much about Lady Vic. Uh, Lady Vic debuted in Nightwing number 4, January 1997. Uh, she is British. We get it because of the, the tea that she ordered in the diner. And because she's a skilled assassin, uh, the butter knife, because she throws knives. She's a knife thrower. Uh, uh, the backstory is that she follows a lineage of noble Brits and aristocrats. And she does assassin work and mercenary work basically to fund her family estate from going into foreclosure. Typically in comics, she's kind of seen as a middleman, or I guess I should say middle woman, uh, between two antagonists in a dispute. She doesn't get paid, she shows up to collect, otherwise threatens personal people in the villain's rogue gallery, like someone's daughter or another Suicide Squad villain. Basically, she's just someone who's there for money. A main part of her character is killing, but she doesn't enjoy it. She's just one in desperate need of money. So while Deathstroke loves this money and wants to build an empire... She feels she has nothing to lose. She is just desperate for money to save her nobility status. Uh, I get it. And before we, we continue on here, the origin story with this one is that the boyfriend and her were, were crime th th duos. Uh, she's a knife thrower. Uh, and later on, we're going to find out that he died, and that's why he has a ring. So in the new part of, I guess, Lady Vic's character... Uh, she really doesn't like anybody in love or having romances or anything with romantic rings. Uh, if you notice in the diner scene, uh, the, the cops, I can't afford a wedding ring. I can afford this thing. And she's wearing two rings, uh, one from her own wedding and one from the guy. And, uh, oh, oh, no, uh, I'm killing the, the their emblem of a ring in their relationship because that's the same way that she was dealing with her own tragedy that we're going to find out later. Basically, things are foreshadowed. It's clever, right? Fucking clever. Are we going to run with that? It's clever. All right. So anyway, this assassin who just kills people for money because she wants to live in her big mansion in Britain, uh, is just hired by Crane to steal a machine. Let's hope she gets paid. Otherwise, this is just going to be very boring. Anyway, they are at the crime scene in the hospital, which, remind you, Dick Grayson already knows the machine got stolen and there was uh, an uh, inhaler found at the scene. The cop says, Dick Grayson, Corey Anders, you both aren't allowed access on the orders of Commissioner Gordon. 
As they walk away, well, that partnership is going great. A gunshot and a cock block, and we're not even at lunch yet. We don't need her to find out who's working with Crane. Wouldn't hurt. Corey then says she doesn't care about Dick and Barbara's problem, but is very concerned about Crane. Jason and the new killer, because uh, it's, you know, those three. But she feels they need all the help they can get and currently feel like they have one hand tied behind their back. So whatever this issue is with them, both fix it. Just fix your problem, Dick and Barbara. God, fuck. Uh, Corey attempts to do a Batman runaway, uh, but Dick hears the footsteps and the door shutting in, in the stairwell. So just to remind people, he already knows something got stolen and an inhaler. So what's the need to go to the crime scene other than seeing blood or a body? I don't I don't know. You already got the intel. Cut to the first Ontario concert hall, now called Gotham City Police Department. Dick enters Barb's, Bab's office and does a silly quip. Are you going to shoot me again? And as he gets close, this is more your range. Babs asks, how bad? Looks worse than it is, went clean through. Are you hurt? A little. Good. Dick says he had them both, and then Babs says he went off the book, and it would have been over had they stayed out of it. And then Babs quips, thanks to you, there's a high-value prisoner on the loose, and the BOP wants her termination. We both made some mistakes. Are you apologizing? Dick explains the plan would have fallen apart if he suspected GCPD involvement. Well, your hunch led to Crane going AWOL with a known terrorist. Dick says he needs them both to work together. Bab says, yeah, because that always works Because that always works when we're together. We need to work together because if not, this whole city, I know. I get it. We're the same team. And then a slow version of the Titans theme plays. Boom. 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 I spotted surveillance at the hospital. Got anything? Killer disabled video feeds. So all we have is audio. Unless you have any other ideas. I have one idea. Oracle. See, see, folks, Oracle, you got your Bar Barbara Gordon's Batgirl, and now she's Oracle. You got both. But in this universe, I guess Oracle is, is going to be something different. Is that what this routine is all about? This is Red Hood and Scarecrow. We can use Oracle's voice recognition to tap into Gotham's phone network. Oracle has been mothballed for a reason. I'm the only one with access, and I'm not revisiting that monster. Not for you, not ever. This is exactly why I'm against vigilantes. They think they're above the law. Kidnapping prisoners, using them as bait. How can I help? You really want to help? Go home. Nice. So, uh, I guess Oracle's maybe like a Siri or like a, a supercomputer that, that Barbara has in her room uh, to do Oracle work. Like it's a bat computer. Of some kind, uh, they, they. But I'm still confused. I mean, like Oracle is both technically in the Batman universe, so it's not really fully out of grasp. Anyway, let's cut to the Bat, bat Cave. Corey's with Superboy, wanting to know what the machine is or what it does. Blackfire breaks Batman shit. 
Then as Starfire to think about the object itself. It's a it's a very expensive piece of equipment. Maybe he wants to sell on a black market. Crane is not fueled by cash. Well, then talk to the rats on the ground level. The sources are on the street. Or maybe you're more comfortable taking orders from others rather than taking the initiative yourself. This makes Corey pissed and gets those airbrush green eyes because y'all better be so furious. Pew, pew, pew. The inventor, Dr. Christine Vaux. She's deep in Gotham. Cut to a generic water dock area. Le Freak plays. I'm not going to play Le Freak. Just, you know, Le Freak. Freak out. Le Freak. Freak out. Because you only heard it for like three seconds. Uh, Starfire drives with Superboy and Blackfire. I guess Beast Boy is now stuck at Wayne Manor instead of Superboy. <clears throat> Worst taste in music ever. I see some things haven't changed. Stay in the car. Starfire tells Blackfire, stay in the car. Why even bring me to the home if you don't want my help? Starfire, just because I want you to die doesn't mean I want you on the team. Then what are you even doing with me? I have no fucking idea, Blackfire. I can't leave you at Wayne Manor. I can't take you to Tamron. You blew up my spaceship, and I can't kill you. So that leaves us here. Stay in the car, you watcher, and points to Superboy. So Starfire's going into a hospital thing, maybe? Starfire, is anybody home? She goes upstairs, sees a fake door access, and pulls it off. And it enters a very spooky, dark tunnel. Cut to the car parked outside. Superboy says Star Blackfire's idea was good about asking people on the street. Blackfire wants to know why he's sitting next to her. He explains, I have bad times with laboratories. Hmm, ditto. Uh, Superboy, so what's Tamron like? Uh, Blackfire, not like Earth. There's no open sky, no flowing water. The very air burns her skin. I miss that burn. A monologue about how Corey never appreciated Tamron, then asked Superboy if he knew anything about Krypton. How did you know? I could see the strength of Krypton running in your blood. And something else. I'm half Kryptonian and half human. Neither here nor there. I have empathy for that struggle. I was an alien even on my home planet. Must have been lonely. It was. All I ever wanted was the power that Coriander wielded. Fire. Every royal is born with it, but me, the cursed child, she was treated less than a worm. Now she knows it wasn't the power she coveted. It was just acceptance. Superboy then says that Titans took him in, and they're like a family. It's like a fucking Fast and Furious thing, because they're talking about family again. It's like Fast and Furious. It's family. A family that doesn't share blood? Hmm. Well, they got my back. No matter what, we care for each other. And when they're happy, I'm happy. Even my sister? It's just you have to earn your way into this family. Like fucking Fast and Furious. It's fucking Fast and Furious. And then... Weird moaning in Superboy's ears close up. Cut to back in the lab again. Not again. Back to the lab again. Oh, go. Back to the lab again. And oh, no. The science is kidnapped. And she has the same time bomb that Hank got in episode four, which led to the blow up. Uh, Superboy jumps in 
and tries to make a deactivator, a quick ticking bomb, and Superboy builds one because he learned how to build one now and saves her from exploding with two heartbeats left. And that's it. That that's it. That's you, no. You thank you for saving my life. Oh, thank you. Oh no. Oh, no, no, none of that. Just ah, breath fresh air. Cut two. They leave the hospital, and there's no time for exposition. Just do you know what she was talking about about her ex husband? No, the machine crane stole. I guess the the lady is not going to get any voice role because it's too expensive. Oh, the SPM. Yeah. Can you elaborate? So now instead of having her, this actress, explain it, maybe pick up an extra 100 bucks for the cost-effective thing, here's Superboy. It's a machine used to treat sick kids with RPPD, and it could multiply almost any chemical compound. So, So hang on. Multiply almost any chemical compound. You can already figure out what's going on here. With pulses of high-energy positrons resulting in oxidative reactions in the pentose phosphate pathway. So what would Crane want to do with the weapon? That's a good question. Well, if only we had a criminal mastermind to help us. I thought they were talking Blackfire or half of one. And now we're referring to Superboy. Right. Oh, oh, right. Because Superboy is half Lex Luthor. Right. Well, if I were an evil genius, I guess I could alter the machine to multiply other chemicals. Whatever I wanted more of, I could have, and fast. So whatever Crane was doing before he went to Arkham, he's back at it again. Get it? So we already know he's using it to multiply the fear box. We're, we're already like 18 steps ahead of the Titans, which I guess is okay for writers, because you now know more than the, the people... But at the same time, it's not really show but tell. It's just leaning towards the obvious. And plus, it's Scarecrow, famous for fear toxin, that I think they would have figured out if they've learned about Jonathan Crane, which I think they're very aware of now because they are in the Wayne Manor, and Jonathan Crane has already played a role in this uh, season so far within the Titans realm itself. So... Either this is a misnomer of Nightwing didn't explain who this person is or why they're bad or something else. Anyway, as they approach the car, Blackfire is missing. Whoops. Oh, we should have saw that coming. That's because Superboy left to save the day and then give exposition. Uh, Blackfire just got out of the car and went, I'm out. Fuck y'all. Uh, cut two. Dick is an event, I guess. We're now in an event scene. You guys remember event scenes? You know, in action movies, the person climbing the vent. Okay. He needs to find the evidence room in the Gotham City Police Department. Beast Boy is in the Batcave. He is very sad. It's 25 meters away. Do you go left or straight? Left. Does Barbara know you're doing this? Well, we're at an impasse. Once we get the audio tapes from the hospital, I'll I'll let her know. Are you okay? If you want to talk about something, I'm all ears. Guess this is a good time to talk therapy. Or not. Dick, I gotta ask. Back at the cabin, were you going to kill Jason? What makes you say that? Batman went on his own and killed the Joker. You went on your own and Gar Gotham got to Bruce. 
and it gets to me too. No, I did not want to have to kill Jason. Are we back to square one again? Like someone just watched Titans Titans again? Like the, I don't want to go to Gotham anymore because Bruce Wayne's a murderer. He kills people. I don't like to be killed. He fucking killed the Joker. We're back in the fucking season one. The darkness. The darkness. Oh, and Batman kills. And I don't want to kill because Batman kills. Even though that never really happened. He just fucked and lied to people and just assumed because now he kills people and now he doesn't give a fuck. Oh, Joker killed people and then he bolted. Okay. Okay. Larry Gotham got to Bruce. He gets to me too. No, I did not want to have to kill Jason. I just, I don't understand why did he go bad? He had a tough life. That's what Bruce looked for. Someone with anger. Someone he can make into a weapon. But Crane's manipulating him. Look, I have to believe this dude who fought alongside my friend that he's not all bad. What if this is not his fault? What if it is? We don't know. Okay, where am I right now? Above the storage room. Then he goes into the storage room. Cut to Barbara Gordon in the office. She's nervous. Another assistant that's not like the other assistants shows up. She wants to know what to tell the news in regards to Crane. Oh, gotcha, no comment. And then the phone rings. <laughs> Holy shit. Barbara then hand scans a television screen in the desk. Sure. Why not? A red phone pops out from a table as it rings. Hello? Barbara, it's me. Oh, sorry, it's Bruce Wayne. Hang on. Barbara, it's me, Bruce. I'm Bruce. I'm Bruce Wayne. Hello, I'm Bruce. Barbara, it's me, Bruce. I'll be where it all started. Come quickly. And Barbara, don't tell Dick. Oh, wait. Uh, it was supposed to be the, uh, the fake... Uh, Barbara, Barbara, it's me, Bruce. I'll be where it all started. Come quickly. And Barbara, don't tell Dick. It doesn't sound like, but let's, let's just keep going. Cut to a siren warehouse with the lab. Red Hood wears his suit and the little helmet. And now he has a really shitty New York accent. I want the drug. I want the drug. Like, it's, we went from, how's it going, Dick? It's me. I'm, I just want to, it's cool, kicking ass, doing things, to now, I want the drug. It's like, really, I don't, I don't fucking get it anymore. We're not finished yet. All, all we have is a skinny batch. You give that to me, then. All of it. I thought we were taking orders from Crane. Red Hood then cocks a gun, points it at the generic scientist with no name. Who's the boss again? Because see, now Red Hood's trying to overtake Crane's operation. Cut to the Batcave, sort of. It's over by the side. Dick brings the speaker down to Beast Boy, explains that we have audio from the murders, but no visual. So Bruce and Dick did this as part of their training. In the computer, they hear the screams and blood, and music starts editing. So imagine just hearing, (laughs) 
he starts going back and forth like he's in audacity and visualizes it with his head. The killer threw a knife 12 feet away. What is it? That assassin? The killer Billy has the ability to kill, kill quickly, but savors the victim's pain. Dick tells Beast Boy to take a blade and do a horizontal slash from west to east. Of course, in real life, Foley would be able just a windy... But because the knife didn't hit anything, why would a knife... If you've got a knife right now and you swing it in the air, it doesn't... It, do, it just goes... But because this is Fantasyland garbage, uh, it's that snick-snick noise that you might hear when a sword is pulled from any other uh, movie. Like, if you ever see, like, fucking uh, Game of Thrones, it's that same clink noise. Uh, which, which, if you're wondering how to perfect that noise, it's just sharpening a sword. You just get your knife in, and you swing it on a piece of iron. It's that same noise. So apparently it's striking iron that's invisible in the air. More, ooh, 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 ouch, ouchie, ouchie, oh, I got stabbed, oof. Beast Boy keeps playing with swords in different sizes. Dick Grayson then goes, our killer's between 5'6 and 5'8, trained in sword fighting with a Wichitazi blade, and she's right-handed. I know who the killer is. Cut to six years ago, Dick and Barbara in a blue room. They talk about stealing the stuff, and Dick gives Babs a smooch. Apparently now Barbara's a kleptomaniac, and Dick Grayson's like, yeah, I'll, I'll let you steal shit. Let's steal shit together. I don't fucking know why they would do this, but sure. Yeah, let's steal shit and make out in the middle of our heist. As Babs is focused on the switch needing two people, Dick says, we make sense. Barbara, you think we make sense? That's what every girl wants to hear. Run the numbers and you'll make a woman swoon. Then, meow, meow. oh shit, Batman's on the way. Babston says the iconic line, Fuck Batman! <laughs> Fuck Batman! Woo! Woo! We still haven't gotten rid of that shit since season one. We, we went, for, what was it? We had Fuck Batman... We had fuck Deathstroke, we have fuck Crane, we had uh, we had uh, what was it? Uh, uh, fuck fuck Batman, fuck uh, uh, Batman and Robin. Everything's fuck this fuck Batman. Now we are back to fuck Batman. Yeah, woo! Bab says fuck Batman. He she says the line. So then they run over to the the, the little. Big guest museum. Open a keypad at the same time. Three, two, one, beep, beep, beep. Lady Vic shows up and says, I'll take that. Here comes the arbitrary fight sequence because we have to have a fight sequence. We've already had one. Now let's do another one. We went from a uh, fighting with a vice to now uh, Lady Vic and he a henchman, maybe uh, uh, the boyfriend, fighting Dick and Babs. They have knives and stuff in their swings. There's a flip. <sighs> Lady Vic swings a knife and slices Barbara in the leg. Ah! Lady Vic pulls a knife and sees a fight between Grayson and the henchman and tries to throw the, the knife to stab Robin, but instead a hunched-up Babs tackles her at the last second, fucks up the throw, and the knife goes into the henchman in the heart. Oh no, the guy died. 
no. Babs is in pain. My leg. My leg. Dick carries Barbara away from the museum. In a sentimental scene, she takes the ring from his finger and leaves. As the siren goes off, cut to present day. Dick calls. Barbara ignores the phone call. She rolls over to the crime alley as seen in every Batman thing because this is where it all started. A recording is played again. Barbara, it's me. I'll be where it all started. And Barbara, don't tell Dick. She notices it's a recording on a little speaker. Shit, she says. Babs pulls a gun, tells Lady Vic to drop her weapon, and she was going for the kill. Now I gotta try to a British accent. I don't want to. How moving? How how move? I'm a British. I'm I Scottish. Am I Scottish? I'm doing a Scottish accent if I do this. I uh, oh, I, uh, uh, I fuck. This is why I don't do voiceover. <laughs> how moving? The commissioner who overcame all the odds. The Joker should have put you out of your misery. She kicks the gun out of her hand and brings the blade. It was worth the wait. Bab pulls batons from her wheelchair, and now we get another fight sequence. Three minutes before that last fight sequence, because I think Titans requires at least three fight sequences per episode. Uh, but unlike all the other episodes, this is a handicapable actress fighting an able actress. So this might be a first for television, or at least superhero television, which... For the record, I will actually gladly applaud the show for, despite its many, many flaws. So there is diversity in its casting, and I applaud the way they're handling Barbara Gordon. Swing, swing, fling, fling, a blind stun. Baton knocks a gun out. Uh, Knives get knocked over by batons. Um, Banging a head into a wall, pushing her away. Babs pulls a gun again from the floor. A big flash from a phone of some kind. Lady Bick puts her hand up. Well, the best laid plans and then drops a flashbang and disappears into the darkness. Uh, The phone rings. It's still Dick Grayson. I just want to just, before we uh, continue on with this episode. uh, So Lady Vic wants to kill Barbara Gordon. She knows that... uh, Barbara Gordon knows Crime Alley, Bruce Wayne, and and all that. Knows Dick and knows the personal phone number. So there's already a vendetta against us. So she knows a lot about Barbara Gordon, I'm assuming. Probably because she thinks she is responsible for killing, I'm guessing, the boyfriend, the fiancé. And that's going to lead to the vendetta. This is going to be the Deathstroke season two thing all over again. A vendetta against the family because you killed somebody I love again. Yep. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll deal with that. So we went through all the elaborates of knowing the phone number, calling it. It's a prank, bro. Fooled you and getting all this stuff. Why don't you just go to fucking Batcave and kill people if you knew it that much? Unless you were going to draw and quarter Barbara Gordon. And even, and then I also want to point this out here. If we're going to keep going this, so you know the Crime Alley and Batman's origin story. So this is now really not keeping Batman's secret really a secret. I guess everyone knows he's Bruce Wayne in some regard. Um, 
also, I I thought for a second they're changing the origin story about how the knife stabbed Barbara in the leg and that's why she can't walk. And I guess now it's the Joker. Is it still the Joker with the with the like the killing joke? Joker gets the gun and then shoots Barbara, so she, she from the waist down. I don't know what they're going for with the origin story. Is it the Joker or is it a knife gun? I a knife gun. Oh god, I have to go to sleep soon if I'm saying things like knife gun. <sighs> All right, let's keep going. And like, if it's if it's a knife, if it's a knife stabbing, it's a new origin story. If it's the Joker shooting, like it's like we're recreating Killing Joke. That's the secondary story. Oh well, but I appreciate that fight sequence with Lady Vic and Barbara. I think that's actually a, a diversity win, an inclusionary win. Uh, even though these fight sequences all seem very pointless ultimately it just seems like every power rangers where exposition leads to a fight cut to wayne banner as starfire and superboy look for blackfire they want to check the back computer for homicides superboy then says you don't think blackfire has killed people do you they look at the couch and there's blackfire relaxing of course she does and explained her day she went to the wrong side of the tracks. She went to some bars, cracked some skulls, and found out from the rats of Gotham that Crane is in bed with the Mafia. But there's one unhappy mobster, and that's our lead. Starfire then tells Superboy, please leave the room, and in a moment of drama, I can't trust you, Blackfire. I can't trust a word you say, because I've never trusted you. And that worked for you back in Tamaron. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Face it. In order for you to be the good sister, I have to be the bad sister. You're not mad that I left. You're mad I came back. Dick then drives into a nondescript alley and says, it's been six years and now Lady Vic wants a pound of your flesh. Uh, back in his normal accent. It's been six years and now Lady Vic says it's a pound of your flesh. Like, hey, cheer up to... You know what? Brendan Dwight's most improved. That's the weird part. Brendan Dwayne wins from like accent breaking in season one all the time to a cohesive accent in this season. Uh, and now Jason's the one that's breaking. I'm like, what the fuck, Curran? What the. Brenton is now beating you in the accent department. And you're American, Curran. This is about you and I working together again in Gotham. Or it's just Gotham being Gotham. Don't have anything to do with us. But why now? I mean, Crane has Red Hood for his dirty work. Well, maybe Red Hood's lost his luster and she's Crane's new toy. And while she does his bidding, she just decides to come after you for kicks. We'll see. Your official escort duties have concluded. Thank you. She wanted you dead, Barbara. Just let me quickly check your apartment. Cut to a dark room. I guess it's Barbara's apartment. Dick gets a flashlight to investigate. Gets flashbacks to the past. Want it tighter? It suits you. A makeout session. Smooch, smooch. I've been thinking about us. I think it makes sense. Smooch, smooch. Lights go on in the room. Nothing happens. All clear. Well, maybe it's a one and done. I, I guess that's it. I think you're good. They both smile and look at each other. You okay? Yeah, you good? I should probably go right it's late it's it is well then i'll see you tomorrow mm-hmm lock up 
they both walk away, going their separate ways, still fondly liking each other, and they depart. I actually think this was actually a really good scene. The scene where it goes for, like, they're rekindling, and there's that now that spark of, oh, Barbara and Dick, who used to hate each other at the beginning of this episode, might actually could be back in the uh, we like each other and, and want to work together again. And I think the, this scene actually did well in terms of the connection uh, and, and setting up the stakes. It, it Honestly, you could have just had some of this stuff and, and truncated some of the six months, the six years ago, we stole shit thing. You could easily have not made them thieves and criminals. But it seems like what they were trying to do was make Barbara Gordon a thief to get attention from from Commissioner Gordon because Commissioner Gordon's, of course, a policeman and to get your affection because you're always on the job, I'm going to steal shit. It makes sense in, 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 in logical sense. Barbara Gordon doesn't get the attention because Jim's too focused on the job and hanging out with Batman. Well, I'm going to steal shit so you get my appreciation, Dad. Um... I still don't understand Robin then uh, jumping ship and doing the thievery, but okay. Uh, unless you're trying to do like a Robin Hood, which is no clear representation, which would have actually made sense to call him Robin and then do all the things. Like, a, the, But no. Anyway, we're going to the science thing. It's now a, a cyberspace lab thing. Lady Vic talks Crane, who's working on a really cool gaming computer because there's an LED screen and he's just playing with a screwdriver. Well, is the bitch dead? The bitch still has moves. I had to ski-daddle. Well, as long as you deliver the goods, then you will get another shot at Barbara Gordon. Vic shows a photo of Barbara. Flash photography. Another skill on my resume. Pip-pip, cheerio, chippy-chippy-doo, fishy-chips. Wonderful, that's all. Cut to Jason Todd getting, again, a new accent. Trust me, this is going to be the greatest tie you ever had. No high, no limits. Fuck you, Crane. Hey, another fuck, but this time it's a fuck you, Crane. The drug dealer walks by after inhaling some of that good shit, walks by Tim Drake's family's restaurant, and is face t and Tim is FaceTiming with his friend Steven, or is it cousin? I forgot. I think Steven's the cousin, right? Your shift started an hour ago. Where the hell are you? Priorities. My girl's parents are out of town. I'll be there in a second. Seriously, I could have had plans. The drug dealer enters Tim Drake's restaurant. Jason looks onwards, just really exhausted and bored. He sees the dealer take the gun and shoot up the restaurant. Pew, pew. Oh, God. Skeevies. You got to call 911. Ah. He shoots the employees at the restaurant. Jason still looks onward mortified. Not really. Then he inhales his really shitty uh, piss inhaler, gets the yellow glowy eyes, puts on his hood, and walks away as sirens come and it probably go to the restaurant. And then we end with the national anthem by Radiohead. And that's how the show ends. That's how this episode ends. So we get just a little glimpse of Tim Drake. Maybe we're getting the origin story here. How it's just going to be Tim and Steven working out. Maybe the parents are dead who run this restaurant. So now it's going to be a juggle between Tim and Steven and running the restaurant. Uh, and now we're trying to figure out what the fuck caused this to happen. This drug deal. And... I'm going to assume 
because uh, this is now the part where I can be a some Tim Drake is going to want to call the services of Batman because he lost his parents. He's going to be an orphan again. Oh, where's my pair? I don't know. And he's going to do the digging and research and find Batman's gone missing and want to acquire the help of the Titans to find Batman, but not know that everyone there is a Titan. And what? And then he's going to try and become an honorary Robin, and it's going to be a whole pointless, shitty uh, training montage of him trying to be Robin and fucking up. And then he's going to save the day because he's going to fight Crane and win or something. So, yeah, this is this was a real rough set. If you, I was really bored. There really wasn't anything exciting. Three fight sequences. I get it. People love the fight sequence. That's how superhero show works, right? You get the fight sequences. I'm bored of fight sequences. I, I, I think this is the problem I have a lot of superhero things is it's just fight sequences and monologues. So I don't like MCU things. I get it. It advances the story along. And you see that all the time in comic books. You have to have an action panel. You have to have an action scene. But I, I, I'm one to always love when, when movies, especially action movies, don't do the fight sequences constantly. I like it when it's a rising action and then at the third act, you get that big fight. Like You finally get to see them punch. You finally get to see the punch. You finally get to see the gun. The checkoff gun effect, you know, just that you, you 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 talk about the gun, you talk about the gun, then you fire the gun. With superhero things, it's like, well, we're just gonna shoot the gun right now, and then we'll shoot the gun again, and then we'll shoot the gun again, and then we'll shoot the gun again, and then we'll shoot the gun again. Uh, and none of this matters because all you're gonna care about is the gun because we can sell the gun at Toys R Us or something. Even though Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how this works. It's it's it sucks. It's it's Titans is just a victim of every superhero show out there. I I think there's always potential that's going to tell me that next week it's going to be a much better episode. But if you're like me and you can't sleep, uh, I I just want to take a time here and I've already talked about uh, C Lab 2021 being on uh, HBO Max. Um, this is this is news to me. Are you ready? Uh, so, uh, it's the 20th anniversary of Adult Swim. Uh, so almost every Adult Swim show there is like from Tim and Eric to Eric Andre, Rick and Morty. But I just want to just throw this out here because this is something I, I want to throw because this is news to me and I just found this out this weekend. And this is, and as you know, if the, you don't want to watch Titans, there's always something else. One of the best new animes to come out of 2020-2021 is actually on HBO Max. I'm not kidding. It's kind of weird. I don't have a Crunchyroll account. I don't have a Funimation account. But a lot of anime just falls either on Hulu or Netflix or HBO Max. And in the case of HBO Max, it's actually one of the greatest new animes to come out recently. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, I remember watching kind of January, February, just to see what all the buzz is about, and it's actually a really good anime. Uh, the, the shittiest thing is it's still one of those high school animes, and I'm a high school student with supernatural powers. Uh, however, it, it, it feels like um, everything I kind of wanted Bleach to be and Yu Yu Hakusho to be, uh, and even Naruto in certain ways. Uh 
as this really good coming-of-age story of a guy with supernatural powers and demon things and trying to fight the evil within himself to save the world and fight the weak. One of my favorite characters on uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is Gojo. Uh, and anyone who watches the show will tell you, Gojo is a cool dude. He loves to munch. He loves tasty treats. He loves to chillax. He just wants to have a good time. He's funny. And also, he's caring. It, it is basically what i wanted wanted to be when when i grew up it's every like kind of person like that it, that's the kind of character i like it's like someone it's like I, I a relatable person that i i i could see myself in and that's gojo uh so there is uh 24 episodes because i think that was the first season uh and there is if you love sexy shirtless dudes and tattoos that's there too and it's kind of very shin megami tensei-esque in the way they handle that uh, but, but I found it just a mesmerizing, good monster battle kind of thing. It almost felt like it's something that it's like, it felt like a, a video game first and the anime adaptation of a video game, even though I don't think there's a video game adaptation and I'm kind of worried if they do it, it'll be kind of like an open world kind of game in the city, but it it's really fun. I, I really, uh, enjoyed this anime, um, and I do enjoy the way they're handling character development. It is very, it's like, it's a weird mix of like slice of life with action. Uh, and unlike Titans, it seems like they're bringing logic into every scene and in the character building and relationships. Uh, and it's the interpersonal struggle with the main character and this villain. It's really good. It is one of uh, the greater animes to have come out recently. Uh, and it's on HBO Max. So uh, Pretend Adult Swim just picked up the rights to Jujutsu Kaisen, and you get to watch it on HBO Max because uh, you'll be in for a wild ride. I I only watched two episodes on HBO Max, but I've seen episodes of it already. And, and it, it's a great, great treat. Please uh, give it a watch if you haven't. Because uh, I, I think it, it, it's going to be one of those animes, much like Attack on Titan, that's going to end up with this super big fan base, and people are going to be confused as to why. And it's best way to describe it is uh, one of those action shoujo shows, like a Yu Yu Hakusho and Bleach, but better because the male character, the male main character, can have feelings and emotions, but unlike a My Hero where it's clearly like they're trying to market toys, this is more they're trying to tell a story with a beginning, middle, and end, and I would say we're about a sixth of the way through the entire story. So this feels like something that will have a beginning, middle, and end, and six-act structure. It's really good. It's I would say the way they handle episodes it keeps the ball moving. You introduce new info about the family. You introduce more about weird hands and really creepy drawings. So if you like really creepy monsters, you'll all really, really like this. Um, so I, I get after that, I'm just going to uh, say that we're celebrating 20 years of Adult Swim. Uh, this week marks the 20th anniversary of Adult Swim. Uh, the, the iconic block on Cartoon Network. Uh, I originally was going to plan on just explaining more about Adult Swim shows on HBO Max, 
because that's obviously like a really cool thing about HBO Max is the Aqua Teen Hunger Force is there and see like, all of these great archives of iconic Adult Swim shows is there. And I, I do think HBO Max has a lot of, oh yeah, that's there, that's cool kind of things. So uh, I, I'm going to just quickly, uh, I guess, age myself, give an Adult Swim story. And then we'll end this episode because Titans might have been a bad episode, but I think this Adult Swim thing is kind of fun. So when I was a kid, uh, 2001 was when it started, by the way. Uh, I was I remember vaguely, I just started middle school. I just got season one of The Simpsons on DVD and watched it on my PS2. Uh, I got those ghost snacks, those Lay's ghost snacks. Because there was like the asteroids and flaming hot asteroids, because flaming hot cheese was still a new thing. Uh, my favorite was mini Lay's. Like they took Lay's chips and made them small and they looked like cornflakes. It was really weird. Uh, and gummy and cola, those like Harbo gummy colas, those were like my go to snacks. Uh, and every Friday, I would just try and get, like go to the grocery store. Sometimes with my mom, sometimes by myself, and just load up on candy and snacks and shit. Uh, I had like a $10 budget and just pile on the snacks and sodas. And this is your cue to get like the the weird Dr. Peppers and stuff. Uh, Obviously, this is also the time when I would watch G4 and, and Game Show Network and all stuff. But we're talking Adult Swim. So Saturday, I remember watching Adult Swim. And Sunday, I would remember watching Adult Swim because I think those were the two days Adult Swim was on. Uh, the Saturday was the anime block, and it was kind of like Toonami in a way. So you had things like Pilot Candidate, I think Outlaw Star, uh, Cowboy Bebop, and Trigun, uh, FLCL. And I just remember, ne- uh, what is it? Not Neon Genesis Evangelion, uh, the, the Ghost in a Shell. Whenever Ghost in the Shell came on, I fell asleep. I've always fallen asleep watching Ghost in a Shell because I think that theme song, whatever it is, is such a boring theme song, and I just black out asleep. Like that's just that's to me is just sleep fodder for me. I I shouldn't use that as my go to fuck to sleep Jordan ringtone. It's just right when right asleep. But Sundays now Sundays that's a whole different story. Because I always loved Space Ghost Coast to Coast in the 90s. And now it's back. And I'm thinking, oh, new episodes. But then there's like the Brack Show and Aquating Hunger Force and C-Lab. And it's like these weird shows that are very strange. And I think at the time, I'm not sure if it's later on. That's also when they decided to pick up things like home movies and... uh, uh, the Oblongs, and there's a lot of adult cartoons that didn't really get the time of day on UPN or the WB, so they would just pick those up and just air them. And I just remember liking the Sundays more than the Saturdays because Saturdays was full of boring anime, but that was my first introduction to Cowboy Bebop and Trigun, and I'm like, okay, I love Vasha Stampede. I love I love Spike Spiegel. This is good. These are good characters. Okay, I guess anime is okay. Because most of the time, I get stuck with an Inuyasha or a loud, annoying, bad dub, uh, or the uh, the upside down U eyes, and, and just that annoying like uh, 
uh, voice. And then you give, and of course, nowadays there's still those weebs that do like the nani kind of thing. And it's like, well, I don't fucking know what the fuck you're talking about. Shut the fuck up. But uh, it's it's all fine. I still love all of you. Um, but it's it's one of those cases of uh, Adult Swim. I did not know. It's like 20 years of my life watching this. Uh, and it's really one of the more revolutionary uh, blocks on Cartoon Network because of the way they tried to reach a mature audience, the way they picked up lots of cool shows. Like, that's my introduction to anime. Sure, there was anime unleash on tech TV and stuff, but that the way that they handled the block, it was kind of like the really cool anime, even though some of the times it's still like Dragon Ball Z, but now they added blood. Um, and then when it came to their original shows, that was when it was really weird. Like, like I, people really love Metalocalypse, for instance. And it's like you can almost name like periods of Adult Swim based on the shows that were like iconic at the time. Like modern day is probably like Rick and Morty and, and Eric Andre, but it's like there was the Tim and Eric. But before that was Tom Goes to the Mayor. But, it, but there was also like the the later run, and then there was things like. Um, Loiter Squad, for instance, or things like Squidbillies, uh, or the Drunky Crow Show. Like, there's all these shows that Assy McGee. It just like you just keep drawing up names, and then you're suddenly like Moral Oral, well, Level or Robot Chicken, or it just keeps flowing with all the shows that you can think of with Adult Swim, and the way they kept bringing new shows in, refreshing the format. And yet, st- then, like, going Monday through Friday and being home to Family Guy reruns and uh, reruns of Futurama at some point. And that used to be the... And in, in cable television, that was still pretty big news to have reruns of those shows because, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was TBS that may have done it, but maybe it's Adult Swim, where the reruns of Family Guy on, I think, Adult Swim or TBS was so big because of that in the DVD sales, that that's what caused Fox to pick up Family Guy again. And now Seth MacFarlane has a second career again, making Family Guy and American Dad and all these shows. So you can thank Turner for this and Adult Swim. Uh, so that's that's one of the cooler things. Uh, and then going back to anime, yes, there's lots of hits and misses. I fucking hate Inuyasha. Um, but things like Big O were there. And much like the Adult Swim originals, you can also see the growth of anime uh, based on the era of where it aired. Like, uh, sure, there's the Cowboy Bebop Trigun era, but then there's like the era where people were really into Full Metal Alchemist. And then there was the era where people were really into Attack on Titan uh, or uh, what was it? The Hitalia or... uh, what would be nowadays uh not just like like my hero i don't know if my hero is on adult swim probably uh F- food wars food wars is on there uh i think uh demon slayer might be on there hunter x hunter 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 with hunter <laughs> how do you pronounce that that anime well no matter what someone's gonna get mad at you <laughs> but yes um Adult Swim is is such a a, a fun uh, a network block, um, 
and then the streaming series, which I, I, I loved Adult Swim streams. I loved Fish Center so much. I loved Blood Feast, which was uh, Crossword Puzzles, which led to Tender Touches on Adult Swim. Uh, it, it's it's such a, like a real fun journey to go through Adult Swim. Uh, and it's 20 years. And I don't think they ever really want to celebrate that because then it makes them look old and it makes it seem like they're not countercultural, which is kind of the big brand of Adult Swim and that lo-fi beats, the black and white bumpers. But we're in kind of that weird blend now where it's clearly they want to still be ahead of the curve. They still want to be modern and hip. But cable television is dying. Not a lot of people have Cartoon Network to watch Adult Swim. So how are they going to get their things across? And I guess one of those reasons might be HBO Max, maybe. I'm thinking that could be it. Maybe Hulu. Because uh, they are going to try and figure out a way to get Adult Swim to be continuing. I assume they have to. Because a block like Adult Swim, which is its own cultural behemoth, can't live in an online-only world where everything is on demand. So if there's a way to either do a collection or do a streaming app or somehow have a linear schedule with some of the shows and call it Adult Swim and keep the bumpers and keep the cool graphic packages, maybe that's what they have to do. I do not know. But uh, as it currently stands, uh, HBO Max has a bit of the Adult Swim collection, and it's a great way to celebrate 20 years of Adult Swim if you can't find your DVDs of Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Uh, but it, it's 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 a good time, I think. Uh, yes, there's overwhelming. Yes, there's lots of stuff to watch. And while we're going through this journey of Titans, it feels good knowing that there's alternative things to watch on HBO Max besides Titans. And rather, you're a big fan of Adult Swim and celebrate 20 years of that show, which we'll probably get to that more. Or you want to watch a really hip 2020 anime called Jujutsu Kaisen, you can. So at the end of today, uh, please give that anime a try or um, maybe watch Adult Swim. Uh, I will see you at the movies. So thank you so much for listening. There'll be a new fun time calls probably today or tomorrow. So, in conclusion, like we always say, fuck you, Crane!